You know, it seems like every day I'm pulling down the curtain here. <laughs> now, what I mean by that is that in the studio, when I'm actually recording, um, to completely close off the sound, I actually have uh, effectively a, a curtain that I pull down to, you know, to completely close me in and allow for my melodious voice to be upon you. And <laughs> uh, and it's just funny because, you know, when I'm not using the studio uh, to record, um, I leave it open, obviously, so I can, you know, see what's going on outside of it and whatever and get right to the gym, um, you know, and, and to be able to show off all of my all of my wares that I have in here. Uh, anyway, it's just funny. It seems like literally every day I have to close that curtain because <laughs> I'm just recording all the time. But hey, you're not complaining. I'm not complaining. So let's rock and roll. So this is an episode that I promised um, that has to do with, and it was requested by a patron actually, um, that has to do with the dark origins of Valentine's Day. And so we're going to talk about Valentine's Day. Granted, it's getting released later than Valentine's Day, but hey, whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> For my own personal feelings on Valentine's Day, I think we recently talked about this. Uh, Stephanie and I did on a relationship rhombus show. Um, you know, like I was always kind of the guy that's like, well, let's celebrate it like on the 13th or the 15th. Let's do it after that. And my reasons for that were twofold. Uh, one is, is that, you know, it's not as crazy on the 14th. And also what I think that maybe Valentine's Day replaced was originally celebrated more or less between the 13th and the 15th, that being the Roman holiday or maybe not so Roman holiday of Lupercalia. Um, we're going to cover all of that. But bottom line being is that, look, if you're in the right relationship, if you have the right lover or lovers, you know, maybe you're in a polyamorous relationship and right on. Um, every day is Valentine's Day. That's what Stephanie and I say to each other all the time is that, you know, literally every day seems feels like Valentine's Day. And I mean, you know, I got I got Stephanie her her Valentine's Day gifts as much as as much as I recognize that Valentine's Day is and we're going to cover this, but I'll say it right out front. Valentine's Day is bullshit. OK, <laughs> like like it's really bullshit, but I still celebrate it. And I got Stephanie a beautiful uh, purse in the shape of a bat, which I think she shared on social media that people could check out. Um, and I got her a stripper pole, you know, that I that I installed uh, in the gym. And oh, does that mm, that is a very, very fun time. So <laughs> but but whatever. Right. Because, like, again, if you're in love with somebody, you're buying them gifts all the time. I'm buying Stephanie's, you know, is gifts. I mean, all year long, it's I mean, we don't even really have to celebrate Christmas. I mean, this gets into a major conversation around holidays in general. You know, do you really need to celebrate any of them? I think birthdays are cool. Uh, and I, I don't know. But other than that, who who really cares? You, you know, <laughs> well, maybe I'll talk about that a little more later on. But bottom line, let's start talking about Valentine's Day and its actual origins. So the argument goes as far as now, I mean, the modern Valentine's Day that we celebrate today, where there's, uh, you know, a, a sharing of of, you know, confectionaries of chocolates, uh, a giving of flowers and, you know, trading, you know, hand, handing over Valentine's Day cards and all of this different stuff. OK, I mean, look, I like it fine. Any chance to celebrate love and whatever or be able to tell other people, you know, that I'm thinking about them. I take those. OK, and that's that's where I come in with, you know, my uh, celebration of holidays, like even like like the new year. You know, New Year's Day. Yeah, I, I, I 
you know, it's nice to be able to to just say hi to people, you know, for effectively no reason that I want to make sure, you know, I know that I care about them and I and I like that they're in my life. Uh, but, you know, to me, who I was raised ethnically Jewish, like New Year's Day isn't the New Year's Day that you celebrate. Right. It's a very different one. Um, just like I think on the day this is getting released, technically, it's the Chinese New Year. Right. And it's the year of the dog, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this time around. So anyway, what animal am I on the in, in Chinese astrology? Well, I'm the cock. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the rooster. But, uh, and depending upon what kind of placemat you get at a certain restaurant, often enough it says cock. Great. <laughs> so, but moving, moving on from that. Um, so Valentine's Day, as we understand it today, um, as we celebrate it today, is more or less comes out of really like 18th century Europe. I mean, one could say maybe a little bit before that, but by and large, 18th century Europe is when a lot of these ideas start to come into play. Uh, then you end up in around 1913 when suddenly, you know, the Hallmark Company uh, starts making Valentine's Day this really big deal. And now, yes, it is effectively marketing. But, you know, just because it's marketing, just because it ends up being marketing, we'll, we'll talk about more of the history of where it comes from here in a second. OK, but just because it's effectively marketing doesn't mean that you still can't enjoy it and, you know, use it as an excuse, even though you should always be doing this anyway. Uh, I think if you're in a relationship, but using it as an excuse, perhaps to get in touch with people, whatever else, let them know you care about them. Like I said, uh, you know, there's there's really no harm in that. So please don't misconstrue. Don't think that what I'm saying to you right now is that it is completely unethical for you to celebrate Valentine's Day or something like that. I, n no one's saying anything close. OK, but let's be clear here that it's, you know, in Sterner's term, Max Sterner's terms, I mean, it's a phantasm. It's a spook. It's bullshit. <laughs> it's not really a spook, but, you, you know, I mean, it's a social creation. So I guess in that sense, yes, it is a spook, but it's bullshit. OK. Um, and in fact, before we get into the history, I will say this. It's it's something that while there's other holidays that have very ancient origins, I think, that go well before the Romans or the Christian church or anything along those lines. This is one that we really don't know, like, what its importance is. I mean, because you could think of, like, Saturnalia or Calenda, which those are kind of adjoining um, festivals, holidays. Uh, you know, those we have some sense that they go back thousands of years, you know, and that there, I mean, and there's also like a, a um, an astro astronomical reason for those holidays. Okay. Um, or we have, you know, the celebration of Easter or perhaps more accurately Ishtar or Inanna, uh, same goddess where that has very, very ancient connotations, you know, going back thousands of years. Um, those are like the only couple ones that, that seem to, or I mean, there's, there's probably a few others, but those are, those are the big deals. Those are the big ones as to where, you know, February 14th or even around February 14th, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot to attach that to. OK, now the traditional story of Valentine's Day, where it gets the name Valentine's Day, comes from actually two men, uh, that being two people with the same fucking name and two saints. Actually, uh, they were both St. Valentine's and they were both killed or both St. Valentine and they were both killed by the same Roman emperor. This would have been in the third century. And the emperor was Claudius II, who was a fairly successful conqueror. Uh, you know, he went after the Goths, in which he would take his actual, his uh, his later name, Claudius Gothicus, who, you know, meaning that he was the conqueror of the Goths, effectively. Um, 
And this this guy was really successful and he wanted to be more successful in his campaigns because he was following off, following up after an emperor that maybe wasn't so successful. And Claudius II has this what he thinks is a brilliant idea. He's like, you know, and and this is something that could come right out of a, a Rocky movie, right, where Mickey would say women weaken legs. OK, Claudius had the idea that women make soldiers less effective. Now, that's a pretty dumb idea, in my opinion, <laughs> because I think that what the hell else would soldiers fight for? <laughs> you know, like like what else would they be doing all of this for? Right. Other than maybe to impress a lady or something along those lines. Uh, you know, we were talking about in the relationship rhombus show, we were talking about the ancient Greek play where, uh, you know, where, where the idea was is that if the women would stop sleeping with the soldiers, then the pel- or, uh, you know, then then the wars of the day of their day could come to an end. Right. And this is an idea that gets played out over and over again. I'm not going to break into the rights and wrongs and ethics of that. We talked about that during the relationship rhombus show. But anyway, um, obviously, Claudius II was way off base. You know, that that's not how things work. Uh, and the soldiers seem to think the same thing, because what did they start doing? The soldiers, the Roman soldiers of that time uh, started getting secret marriages. And these guys, the you know, these couple of people named Valent, both with the last name Valentine or both with the name Valentine, um, would help out with the marriage uh, or with the secret marriages. And they would end up becoming martyrs and would later be, uh, you know, canonized by the Catholic Church. Come around to like maybe the fifth century that the Pope would canonize them. And then you would end up with this celebration. Um, and and it's it's ironic because supposedly they were I mean, and, and this is where, you know, the Catholic Church, that being the victor of history, which the Catholic Church really was for quite some time. They get to, you know, tell the story of history, whether it's true or not. And their claim is, is that both men named Valentine were killed different years, but both on February 14th. Uh, now, a lot of people want to say that really what the Pope was doing in the fifth century was, which was a popular, I, which I personally believe was a popular practice at the time, um, was to replace pagan holidays with Christian holidays. And so they created St. Valentine's Day. Um, on February 14th to replace the Roman holiday of Lupercalia. Okay, so that's that's the official story, as it were. Um, but should you believe the official story? Oh, never, never. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, that's probably not how a lot of this went down, um, though. I can imagine that, yes, that the church in the third century would try to do subversive things to, say, win over soldiery and other stuff. I mean, that that's not like that's not a crazy notion. That's not something that maybe the Catholic church just made up. I mean, certainly I think the dates and a lot of other parts of it, uh, you know, they could have fabricated, but sure that that can make some degree of sense. And if anything, if it was made up, then sure it was made up again, all to replace Lupercalia. So the question becomes then, okay, if this is what Valentine's day is all about, I mean, and there's other parts of it. Like one of the guy, one of the, the saints named Valentine that the day is, is commemorating, um, apparently fell in love with a very like way too young woman, way too young of a woman and like wrote her a note. And that's, that's the claim where, you know, passing out notes and everything uh, and expressions of your love uh, came from for Valentine's day. Those are the claims again, all claims, no real evidence to, to back up a lot of this stuff. Um, but anyway, so what is the Lupercalia? See, I mean, th- this is, this is the thing. Okay. This is actually going to be a fairly short episode because 
don't, there's, there's, well, I'm not going to spoil it. Let's keep going. So that's, that's the history of Valentine. Like, you know, should you be celebrating Valentine? How should you celebrate Valentine's Day? How should you celebrate the, the killing, the martyrdom of two people who was helping people get married? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, that's kind of creepy, right? You know, the, like that this, this, this Roman emperor is like offing people and, and it's all about, um, you know, him not wanting soldiers to have wives and everything. I mean, just the fact that like Valentine's Day is really in a very strange sense. And maybe this allows for some historical connection, but I, I don't know. It'd, it'd be tenuous. We'll, we'll talk about it, though. OK, that it's a celebration of soldiery, really, you know, of soldiers of war in a very real sense, because this is about allowing soldiers to get married, um, which, you know, I'm not I'm not one to make laws. But uh, if a friend of mine. You know, in a lot, in a lot of my, if not most of my friends are women. If they said to me, "Hey, I, yeah, I'm, I want to marry this soldier," I'd be like, uh, "What? First off, marriage is ridiculous. Uh, well, okay, if you want to get married, that's fine. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just in my own mind, don't mind me. Uh, and getting married to a soldier, like you really, you want to get, you want to marry a professional murderer? Like what the fuck? So Valentine's Day, in that, in in its pure form is pretty fucked up. And to say it has like a dark history, I know there's a lot of headlines out there about that. Yeah, sure. I, I, I think that is a fairly dark history because again, it's all about um, uh, helping out soldiers and not in a good way. It's not like, it's not like St. Valentine or either of the Valentines were, uh, you know, were trying to um, put an end to war. They were just making sure that the soldiers could get laid, you know, then <laughs> right. Ugh. So, all right, fine. That proves the point. Valentine's Day is bullshit. And it's, you know, it's celebrating something kind of icky, you know, or a lot, a few things that are very icky, uh, you know, to say nothing of the potential, uh, uh, you know, pedophilia perhaps involved to say nothing of the, uh, you know, the, the support of the, uh, the military state, uh, is involved. Um, and then the, like, you know, offing by an emperor of, of two, dudes, one of them potentially very weird, you know, I mean, like that's, it's not, you know, that's not a great history. That's not like a beautiful loving day. And you're not going to put that shit on a Hallmark card. Right. So anyway, let's talk about what supposedly the purpose, the real reason that Valentine's Day even became a thing was, again, to replace potentially. Uh, I mean, this is a this is kind of guesswork, but I do think this happens. I think similarly, um, that's why the Catholic Church changed the uh, Christian Sabbath from or the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. Uh, that way you could stop people from, you know, hedging their bets on the afterlife. And, you know, they go worship uh, Christ and God uh, on on Saturday. And then on Sunday, they would would go and they'd worship, you know, day of solace. They, they'd go worship the pagan, you know, the day of the sun, the whole thing. That's why it's called Sunday. Right. And before anybody says, oh, no, 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 that's not how it happened. You know, Saturday, actually, Sunday was the original Sabbath, blah, blah, blah. Sorry. So in Latin and, you know, in, in all of the in the areas that that are the remnants of Rome, what do you call Saturday? Sabado? Fuck, that sounds a lot like Sabbath. Hmm. Hmm. And that's and it's been that way for thousands of years. That's so weird. Gee, no, stop. Fucking stop. Okay, the Sabbath is on Saturday. I'm not saying that because I'm ethnically Jewish or anything. Okay, you know the date got changed. <laughs> the, the the day of worship got changed, and and I think it's because yeah, it was all too you know this process, this time frame with Constantine the Great and others. Um, 
you know, later on with popes, like we said in the fifth century, where they are trying to create Christian holidays to put in place of the pagan ones so that people would stop, uh, you know, doing pagan worship. Okay, so what was the original pagan day then for this? Well, it wasn't just a day. It was a few, it was a couple days at least. And it was the 13th through the 15th uh, of February. In fact, the, uh, well, well, We'll talk about that more. Okay, <laughs> we'll explain more of that in a minute. Um, this is what's known as Lupercalia. So what we know of that was done on the Lupercalia was that you would have men running or men and boys running naked and wild through the streets. Okay, uh, Luper, Lupus, you know, kind of kind of like points at the idea of a wolf. Okay, so, you know, it's this wild time uh, and they would they would sacrifice a goat. Uh, or some or a dog, some kind of animal, you know, maybe like a wolf, whatever. And then they would create out of the hide of what they sacrificed. They would create a strap. OK, uh, that that they would like a, almost a whipping strap. But again, we don't know that it was like something that they literally went around around and, and whipped people with. But they would run around and they would. Uh, you know, like smack women with these straps. Now, again, we don't know that they were like hurting these women because in fact, I would argue that they probably weren't because what we know from how the women felt about Lupercalia is that they wanted to get hit by these straps. Now, was everybody into BDSM or something? Well, maybe, but more likely it was a light tap. And the idea was, is that if you got hit with the strap, you know, it was good luck. And, and it was a, you know, cause it was a fertility holiday and uh, you would be, end up being uh, fertile. And this idea of hitting with straps comes from this concept, what's known as a Februa, which is where the, the entire name of the month comes from is February. So you could argue that Lupercalia is the entire purpose of the month that we're in right now. Okay. By, you know, by the ancient calendar. So, that's that's what we know for sure was done on Lupercalia. We don't know a whole lot about what actually comprised Lupercalia. OK, other holidays, you know, celebrating Ishtar. Um, I mean, the wild orgies, all that stuff. Saturnalia, Calenda, wild orgies, you know, uh, banquets, all this, all this other wild shit. We, we have a very good idea of what those are like. Lupercalia, we know practically nothing about it. Um, and maybe because it was, I mean, I, one could argue that if it took until the fifth century for the Pope to finally replace this damn thing, it might've been such a popular holiday, uh, that like the church really had to bury it and maybe they really buried it. I mean, I, you know, it's again, that's a lot of conjecture and guesswork as, as far as, you know, what's the deal there, but there's claims that, well, you know, names would be put in a jar on Lupercalia and, you know, a man and a woman and, Whoever pulled whoever's name, it was almost like a key party you would end up with, uh, you know, for for the entirety of the Lupercalia. And if you found out that you're actually you really meshed very well, then you would end up spending the rest of your life with this man or woman at the end of the festival. Okay, like you would continue on your relationship or whatever, maybe not the rest of your life, but but whatever Um, that whole names in the jar thing conjecture. No, nobody really knows that that's that that's exactly what happened. And it fits a little too neatly with the concept of Valentine's Day itself. Uh, so I my own sense is that that's bullshit. Um, there's not a lot of talk of orgies or things like this. Uh, but then, of course, this seems to be like a heavily suppressed holiday by the forces of history, whether those forces of history are the Catholic Church or not. I don't know. Um, but. My guess is that there would be, you know, if it's a fertility holiday, why the fuck wouldn't you be fucking 
right? And that seems to be a very commonplace thing. Uh, and there's one could get into big questions around a lot of this, you know, as far as human evolution. But that's going to turn into a lot of shoulds over what our biology allows for, blah, 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 or what we really want inside, etc. Um, but it seems like, you know, from from Sumer to Egypt and, you know, going all the way up through the Greeks, the Romans, whatever. OK, um, in fact, well, all right, is that there are they, there seems to be this like, this proclivity to whenever we can have a festival, let's have a festival and let's have orgies. You know, like like it's just any excuse that they can get, they want to do that. And they sort of set aside days where they could make it happen. You know, and that's probably what, honestly, I mean, if it, if that's true, and I'm not saying I know it for a fact, but if it's true, that's probably what got people through a lot of their toil and all the bullshit that they went through in a year. Because, I mean, you're waiting a long time for anything, you know, any crop that you laid out, anything that you were doing took a lot of time for you to get fruits of that labor. And, you know, when, when the time would come where you'd get the fruits of those labor, you're going to fucking celebrate and you're going to celebrate hard and humans, you know, would, would, would go about that, that sort of business. And by sort of business, I mean wild festivals, banquets, you know, feasts and, and, and orgies, quite frankly. But again, with the Lupercalia, we just don't know. You know, we don't we don't know that that's what happened. Um, there is the also there's evidence that the Lupercalia existed before the Romans. OK, and that maybe even the Romans learned it from the Sabine women. OK, or uh, <laughs> If you ever see the movie, one of my favorite, it's a musical. It's a classic uh, from decades ago called Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. <laughs> they call it the Sobbing Women. <laughs> Tell you about them Sobbing Women who lived in the Roman days. It seems that they all went swimming while the men was off to graze. Well, the Roman troop was riding by and saw them in their me oh my. So he took them all back home to dry. At least that's what Plutarch says. Oh, yes, them women were sobbing, sobbing, sobbing fit to be tied. How about that, huh? <laughs> I'm telling you, I love that movie. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you, you got to hear that song to believe it. Um, but anyway, so so it could have come from them. It could have come from from those women who were like integrated. Uh, that entire culture was integrated into Rome uh, eventually. And, you know, legend goes is that uh, uh, that the Sabine women were actually used to populate Rome, like that the Roman soldiers, they needed women to, you know, to, to create an, like more or less an actual city and a population. And then that's where they got them from in Italy. So anyway, they could have learned it from them. Uh, the Greeks seem to have something similar to Lupercalia. Um, and, but that one had to do with actual human sacrifice, not just sacrificing a goat or, or a dog or wolf or whatever. Uh, so hopefully it didn't come from that, but even then there, well, if that is where it came from, then there's an even darker history is that Valentine's day is all about human sacrifice, or at least the origins of Valentine's day has to do with, uh, you know, with human sacrifice. And I think the Greek holiday was like lucky Lake Asia or something like that was, was the name of it. Um, another holiday though, where we know very, very little about it. Okay. Which may, may point at the fact that it's actually, because we know little about it, that may be why it's attached actually to Lupercalia and that it's, it's progenitor, you know, it's what came before. Um, so I'll, I'll be the first person to, you know, and, and I've, I've done this in the past where I've said to people, Oh, happy Lupercalia and whatever, you know, um, I'll be the first person to just recommend at any given moment to have, you know, group sex and, <laughs> or just sex in general, whatever, of any stripe and kind. Uh, I'll be the first person to do that. But, I mean, I have to admit that, no, we really don't know that that was, that was actually done on Lupercalia. Uh, and as far as, you know, any 
any concept of Valentine's Day throughout history from the Pope in the fifth century beyond. Nah, it probably wasn't necessarily, you know, really, really a part of it. But we do know for sure, yes, it was a fertility holiday. So, you know, you can you can extrapolate from that if you want. Now, there's one other holiday that would become very popular or popularized by the Normans, and that was Gallatin's Day. And argument goes is that somewhere and, and this is from, you know, well, you know, when the Normans were running shit. OK, <laughs> so which supposedly that day was all about the love of women, lover of women and whatever. Um, you know, like there could have been some confusion and attachment to that. Sure. So this is I mean, it's all very like the whole thing. If you're not getting the picture here is very sketchy stuff where this day even came from. Obviously, it's a solid foundation in, you know, the modern world completely comes from probably Hallmark, you know, from the Hallmark company. Literally, you know, it just comes. It's marketing. You know, it's just like the American dream. The American dream is not the American dream. It's a fucking marketing phrase from the 20th century. Now, considering that it is, I mean, here, here's kind of a, just a little, little far out theory. And this is, this is like, this is the part that's really tenuous. Considering that it's a day, at least by the Catholic definition, that in a very real sense celebrates love and war, right? The marriage of soldiers. Um, you know, we have goddesses who are, you know, the, the, uh, that represent, Love and war, um, you know, think particularly Anana slash Ishtar, um, but she already has her day, you know, about a month or so later. Right. Uh, you know, and, and of course, Inanna is really I mean, you might as well just at any point, even if you're talking about like Ashtoreth and some of these other ones that are start day, you, you just just point at Inanna point, you know, point at Ishtar. Be, and they're, again, they're the same person point there because she's the one that influenced all the rest of them, even all the way up to like Aphrodite and whatever else. OK, uh, especially if Lupercalia is really a Greek, you know, is, is somehow attached to a Greek holiday. Maybe you would point at, uh, you know, Aphrodite or Athena um, and all of that, you know, all, all the, the, the concepts of goddesses, you know, really just starts right there. Not to say that. Inanna didn't experience other goddesses as well, but, you know, that's the one that that sticks through history. And it would make some kind of sense because I think that the idea in Catholicism, like the Mediatrix, you know, the, the Virgin Mary uh, is I mean, they, they rebranded all kinds of statues to what is effectively Ishtar, uh, you know, to to be Mary, you know, and they even used her term, the Queen of Heaven, right, which the Queen of Heaven throughout the Old Testament or the Torah, uh, you know, is almost always referencing, um, you know, Inanna slash Ishtar. OK, so one could maybe argue that this is some kind of ancient celebration of the goddess, but that's that's really tenuous. Like I said, this, this is this is just a weird holiday that doesn't have a whole lot of background and there's not a whole or, you know, it doesn't have a lot of. Uh, um, doesn't have a lot of age on it. Doesn't go too far back in antiquity like some of the other holidays that we still celebrate today. Um, and it's historically muddled as to where it's easy to point at, at the other ones. You know, like I said, like Easter, like, um, you know, like Christmas, which, you know, Saturnalia and Calenda and all that. But let's talk a little bit about what it's really become. And I think a lot of people, I think for a lot of people, Valentine's Day is depressing. I don't think that. I know that. Okay, that for a lot of people, like they really hate Valentine's Day. I remember even as a very young man, uh, not, you know, if you want to even call me a man at the time, you know, like before. uh, So I first had sex when I was uh, 14, but even then it wasn't like I had a relationship or anything. Um, 
it was with a best friend of mine, but you know, we were friends and it didn't really become a loving thing necessarily. I mean, not, not like a, not like a full on romantic boyfriend, girlfriend, love kind of thing down the line, even though I would end up spending time with her later in my life too. Um, but anyway, you know, like there were up until, I guess maybe I was like 17, 16 or 17 or so. Um, you know, even as that young of a person, you know, from that age back, yeah, Valentine's Day was like, oh, what the fuck? Because I never really had a boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, until I was like, you know, like a real one until I was like 16. And uh, and, and it would it'd be depressing for me as a boy, you know, because like and I would try, you know, I would do the whole thing where you're, you know, give your, you know, your school sweetheart a, or, you know, your school crush, I guess I should say, you know, give them a Valentine's Day card. Hey, would you be my Valentine? And, you know, it'd usually be no or something. And I'd never understand why. Um, I may talk about this a little bit more in this week's Sovereign Tech Prime episode because I got a question about cool, about being cool. Because <laughs> let me tell you, I mean, like the question was, I got a, I got a compliment, you know, saying that, wow, like stuff you do is like really cool. And you keep talking about this cool factor. You know, how do you achieve that? How do you, you know, how do you make that happen? How do you, you know, what do you do to acquire that? Blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, when I was before I was like 17, really. I spent a lot of time studying what the fuck cool meant. I mean, and I was observing like no tomorrow, <laughs> but that's, that's a long story anyway, you know, yeah, as a young person, like I can really understand that now after I turned 17, you know, I, I never really spent much time in the way of like being alone. And so, you know, Valentine's day, I would have a Valentine if I wanted to, to spend it with, but I know that there's a lot of people out there that don't have a Valentine, you know, and they could be older than I am now and whatever. And, and I get it. It can be a very depressing thing. Like I, I really understand that when you have a day that's celebrating love. Now there's nothing to stop you from using Valentine day, Valentine's day to celebrate or to uh, engage in some self-love, right? That's a very important kind of love uh, uh, to do. But I do, I get it. I, I, And this is the problem with a lot of social constructs, okay? Um, is that, you know, they, they, they can be two-edged swords where they can work in favor, you know, they can work in your favor or they can work, uh, you know, kind of against you. Um, again, like I said at the beginning of this episode, I'm not going to say Valentine's Day is some kind of unethical thing. Okay, the origin of what we have today in kind of the the at least the I don't know if I'd call it the accepted history, but the history that people like to run with. How about that uh, is certainly it's it's a disgusting one. But then most of the people that, you know, celebrate Valentine's Day without thinking, you know, think that that militaries are necessary and a good thing. Right. So it's not like they're being contradictory in any way. So, of course, they're going to celebrate it. What the hell? Um but yeah, it does. It does have that history. It is. It is a very odd holiday for a lot of reasons, um, and it does have a what could be called a dark history. I don't. I mean, I don't know that most people that would say it has a dark history would buy into the reasons I think it's a dark history. Because if it's about celebrating, if it's if it's about soldiers being uh, rewarded, no, I don't think that's okay. Like I, I'm, I'm not all right with that. You know that that then that's that's dark. You know to to me. But most people aren't anarchists, you know, so and even a lot of anarchists still think that, well, as long as the military's private, it's fine. Fuck you. But whatever. <laughs> I guess you'll need Valentine's Day. But again, I don't mind it. I celebrate it. I mean, Stephanie and I. So, you know, we've been together for years now, uh, I guess going on five, six years now. And we, you know, we really don't care about much. I think I hinted that I would talk about this a little bit earlier in the show. So I'll talk about it here. 
We don't really celebrate any holidays except for birthdays. We don't really celebrate Christmas. We don't really celebrate, you know, much of any of that. But the flip side to that is, is that, you know, we don't like wait for specific days to buy stuff for each other. We just do it. You know, we just get gifts for each other all the time. You know, I mean, yeah, birthdays, we, we make it a point and, you know, the person gets gets the day or usually we'll make like a birthday an entire week long thing. That's that's generally what we'll do. And, you know, sometimes we'll we'll travel, we'll go somewhere for a week and it's where, you know, whoever's birthday it is wants to go. Uh, I mean, our birthdays are fairly close to each other. They're only like, you know, they're not even a month apart. So, you know, it makes for a pretty wild month, frankly. <laughs> uh, but um you know, other than birthdays. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't celebrate shit. We, you know, we don't care about Halloween, even though Halloween is, I mean, if we had, if we had more, I don't know if we were like more social and maybe in 2018, we're going to become more social. Yeah. Then maybe we would go to like a Halloween party and, you know, do the sexy dress up thing and all that. I mean, I, I, I like Halloween actually quite a bit. Um, it's just that we don't really, we generally don't do a whole lot for it. Um, I mean, and we, you know, we dress up and role play all the fucking time and like, and take that word fucking in all the different ways you want. Okay. <laughs> like it's during fucking time that we dress up too. Uh, so that that's the thing, like a lot of what, and this is what I was hinting at earlier is that I think a lot of throughout history, thousands of years of human history, you, I think you have these festivals, you have these holidays, you have all this other stuff that are just like pressure release valves where humans can let out. I don't want to say their, their animal side or anything like that, but they can let out certain desires that maybe they've been holding in their whole time. This isn't like the purge or some kind of fucking horseshit like that. Okay. Uh, but I think it's, it's to let these things come out and I think they've become standardized. You know, it, it's okay. I, I'm, I'm going to take in a little history trip. It is not unironic that even Valentine's day, but this is true for a lot of holidays that much of what we know of as holidays today, at least their origins where they started, maybe not like what they'd end up looking like. Cause a lot of that can be pointed to between the 18th and 20th century, but the 14th century was a, was a banner century for humanity. Now what happened in the 14th century, the black death, the black plague. I think that the significance of this event is so undertaught and underplayed in the like almost all concepts that we have today. The concept, and I know there's people who want to argue that the idea of a nuclear family is an evolutionary one and, and has been around since the Neolithic. Um, I disagree, and we recently talked about this on a Sovereign Tech Prime episode uh, where we talked about a a little town in Turkey, okay, where. Um, where people didn't follow the nuclear family. It's very clear about that. Uh, so anyway, that's just one example. And, you know, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of others that we just haven't found yet. Regardless, these ideas of the nuclear family property, um, a lot of what we consider the basics of, of like Western civilization and the human condition today, I don't necessarily think they really come from the Greeks or anything like that, or that they come from all that. I think it really comes from, in Europe, you know, at one point you lose some odd, like a hundred million people. Okay. Or, you know, because not just in Europe, I mean, the world population probably at the time was around, you know, 450, 500 million, something like that. And then it gets all the way whittled down to about 300 million or so. Okay. In the 14th century, completely because 
of the Black Plague, right? And, you know, the Black Death. And this would go on. I mean, understand the Black Death, honestly, like it would keep coming up again and again all the way into like the 19th century. You know, like, I mean, it's not like it just went away in the 14th, but it's interesting that a lot of these ideas that we have today, even something as simple as like a holiday like Valentine's Day, um, you know, you can point back to the 14th century to some origins of its, you know, of the of what it would become in our modern day. Um, but I mean, this this is this is really broad reaching stuff. But when you have when when the population, you know, gets wiped out to potentially 200 or gets wiped out by 200 million people, suddenly there's a whole lot of empty buildings around. There's a whole lot of, um, uh, you know, empty space. There's a whole lot of things that I mean, like the, these people are just suddenly gone. You know, and who's going to own all this shit? This is where, like, the idea of property titles. And look, I know that there's some ancient examples of property titles and all that, but I'm saying where the common person had access to these, what one could argue is tools. I mean, and, you know, this isn't even getting into the Gutenberg press and all this other shit. Okay. But a lot of these concepts, and suddenly, like, then, you know, this, this, like, need to have large families and things like this really becomes a big deal. Having large families before the Black Death, before the Black Plague, like that that really wasn't a thing. Why? Because you can see the size of the houses that people lived in. You know, like like they couldn't afford. They couldn't they couldn't possibly there wasn't room to have, you know, 5 10 kids. It just wasn't a part of the the nuclear family just wasn't a part of the program. It couldn't be. You know, people were were barely even fucking in their houses. They were fucking in church. But then after the Black Plague, when suddenly Europe is down by so many millions of people, oh, there's a whole lot more room. And then suddenly you get these people, you know, I mean, you're everyday people because like even the feudal lords couldn't own it all. Right. I mean, like so many people just suddenly they had to, you know, they started taking on. Um, well, all right, I'll claim this is my, you know, my neighbor died. And so now I'll run his house and all. I mean, this is like this is such a huge event. And then the idea of like. I mean, I think right down to the concepts of romantic love being a part of marriage started very much with the Black Plague. This is just a seminal event in human history. I think that uh, uh, even like modern medical uh, uh, science, as we understand it, a lot of it started in the 14th century by really copying the Jews in what they were doing because they survived a lot of this shit, right? Because of things as simple as hand washing. Of course, they would also get blamed because they survived. But then other people would be like, Hmm, maybe we should be paying attention to that. What are they doing right? Anyway, that's another story. So, and look, folks, I'm an atheist, okay? And I and you know, I don't hold any like uh I don't I don't hold my ethnicity or anything in, in any kind of grand claim. Okay, don't don't please don't confuse what I'm saying. But I'm just saying that what we think of so many things that are just the way things are, okay, all come from the the post black you know, like the, after the Black Death, what with the remains of the Black Death and what the people that survived it, uh, you know, really, really put together and garnered for themselves and everything. I mean, th- this is a huge, huge deal. It, it really is like you can't understate it, but it's understated. People ignore it as being the, you know, the, the, the incredible moment that it is. We have the modern world because I mean, and, and look, I, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm sure as fuck not saying it's a good thing, but I'm telling you the modern world exists as it is today that you end up with so many different things, like even even things. Well, you had the Florentine Renaissance before that, but, you know, so many like like these the Enlightenment and lots of other things. Honestly, a lot of it came from all all this shit came out of the aftermath of the Black Death. 
I think that's where our modern world, you know, really came out of right down to our holidays. Yeah, you're going to, you know, as a church, as a civilization, as a society, you're going to want to promote a day of love. You better fucking believe it. You know, and because people got to start breeding. We lost 200 million people. And also not just that, but now you've got room. You're not just in some little shack anymore. You know, your, your neighbors all died off. You get their whole, you get everything they've got. You, you can start filling it up and nobody's going to argue with you because there's barely an army to go after you, you know, to even enforce what you wanted to do. Fortunately, you know, people have like the concept of empathy within them and they weren't just regularly offing themselves. And, and maybe there was even like a celebration of life of being alive, you know, after the Black Plague. I mean, and that's that's another thing, too. In fact, I remember we talked about this um, on Sovereign Tech that like there there were especially like during the Black Death, like there were full on orgies going on and everything because people were just so fucking happy to be alive. But the after the or, you know, that's the immediate effects. But the after effects you know, suddenly you start ending up where people want so much titles and, and like the scribes of their day before the Gutenberg press, they couldn't even keep up with it with how much they had to write up. And if you want to think, if you want to say that, oh, no, no, people were ethical and living this way beforehand. No, no, no. Look, look at the history of, of, of like of, of scribes at that time, especially in the 14th century and around there. Do you want to know what the number one paper or the number one kind of contract or paper that was being asked to be written up by scribes was at the time? Indulgences. What the fuck do you need those for if everybody's living a righteous life? You don't. You, indulgences were getting rid up like there's no tomorrow because everybody was sinning. Woo, sin was in. But then eventually, you know, people became, you know, like like so many people became wealthy and all that. And I think this is the origin of, and not that I agree with this, but I think this is the origin where a lot of people say, well, the real solution is, is there's just too many people. And and I think some historians like point at the black the black death and say, yeah, see when there was less people, everybody was wealthy. When you look what happened after the black death, right? Um, I, again, I don't agree with that. I'm not uh, a depop supporter or anything along those lines. Um, you know, but, but this, this is, this is history. This is a part of it. So anyway, um, I didn't expect this to go into the black death, <laughs> but this is the origin of so much that we have right now. And that's why I think it's so important to question a lot of this shit. Um, again, the, the actual origins of Valentine's Day, you know, I, I brought all that up because like that's why I think Valentine's Day became so popular and reinforced was because it was a day where like love was even allowed by the church so much and like like so reinforced and open. And and uh, it really became an interesting excuse to maybe repopulate the planet, you know, after after such a such a terrible situation. Um you know, once once the dust settled, because while the dust was still in the air, people were not being, you know, prim and proper at all. Uh, in fact, they were killing the one thing that could have saved them all. They were fucking killing the cats. What the hell are you thinking? <laughs> that's what was keeping the rats at bay, for fuck's sake. Uh, and I'm not even going to get into, like, people claim that aliens, uh, you know, created the Black Plague. Okay, uh, whatever. <laughs> Jesus. No, not Jesus, Satan. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So now that we mentioned aliens, it's time to wrap up. Um, yeah. So the history of Valentine's Day, it's really up in the air. I mean, you know, we can point at certain things. We know what the Catholic Church says that it comes from. And that's certainly not a very good origin. That's not a, a really good reason to celebrate a holiday. But the the point that I was bringing up is that or what I was mentioning earlier is that like, look, you know, it's OK if you don't want to celebrate holidays at all. Don't do it. Stephanie and I really don't. I mean, we'll, we'll celebrate it with others, you know, and, and, and if, if I, 
you know, if I find it useful to celebrate it with somebody, I will. But, you know, it's it's OK. You you, you can ignore it. And um, I don't think you're, you know, telling telling a gal if you're a guy who's trying to convince a gal, hey, you know, Valentine's Day is stupid. I don't think telling them what I've told you or like describing any part of its history is going to do anything to convince that person. It's just not. Okay. You really just, you want to get to the point. If you want to stop celebrating Valentine's day, then do what Stephanie and I do. Just make Valentine's day every fucking day, you know, and just, or celebrate randomly. I guarantee you it's far sexier. It keeps the romance alive. Um, and, and when it's out of nowhere, you know, like I think it can actually rekindle romance. Um, it has a better chance because people don't expect it as to where like I, I have to I'll, I'll end with this. Like I, I feel terrible for women, especially conventionally beautiful women, um, because holy shit, Valentine's Day has just got to be like a horror story for them um, if they're not in a relationship. And and I, I really I feel so many I think so many women are in relationships just as almost like a or relationships with men anyway, just as like a protective measure, just so that they, they get left the fuck alone. You know, so it's almost in your best interest to if you're trying to get a gal, you know, and, and, and some people say, well, ask her on Valentine's Day and maybe you'll have better luck or something. That That's horseshit. OK, do it. Just do it any other day, you know, because th- these poor women and I mean that these poor women just must get inundated. And I feel bad that I did it even as a kid, you know, or as, as a teenager or whatever like that. That was man. I wish I knew better, you know. So but but don't try to convince anybody by by giving them the history that somehow it's dark history is going to uh, change their mind or make them not want to celebrate or whatever. If they want to celebrate, fucking celebrate it. But the best thing, if you really want to get Valentine's Day out of your life, is to make Valentine's Day every day. Like, just do this shit all the time. Bring home chocolates, I don't know, once a month or, or once a week or every day. I don't know, whatever your dietary, you know, uh, allowances are. Uh, bring flowers, you know. And so, some women don't, really don't like flowers. Like, Stephanie did really, she she loves plants. Total green thumb. I mean, they're all over the house. Uh, she, you know, she loves flowers themselves, but she doesn't like getting flowers. You know, like she actually hates it. And I, I learned that very early on. And great, you know, that like if they're not into that, then they're not into that. And you don't have to do that. But if you want to do it, yeah, get her flowers all the time. You know, whatever. And there's always higher expressions of love. I know some people say, well, if you just keep doing special shit all the time, then it doesn't become special anymore. Nonsense. It's a big planet. Yes, it is. It's a big planet. There's always higher and new expressions of love. There's always new, uh, uh, you know, I mean, novelty is a very important human passion, I think. And you can always play into it. You know, you just got to be creative. That's all. So there you go. little relationship advice inside of uh, the history of Valentine's Day, which, yep, I'll say it again. Valentine's Day is bullshit, but sometimes it's fun bullshit, huh? (laughs) So there we go. Uh, More content to come out throughout February 2018. Uh, I will see you on the other side. And, you know, you also look, if you want to have an orgy or threesome or something, just do it. Just do it. Go ahead. You You don't need Valentine's Day to make it happen. Just make it happen. Have fun. Trust me, it's fun. Woo!